0: Hello everyone and welcome back. We're back in the book of 1 Corinthians today. Uh, We're in a section where Paul is talking about the liberties that we have in Christ. Um, We have er everything being um, free for us to do, everything being uh, um, uh, okay, but not everything is helpful. Not everything is helpful for ourselves and not everything is is helpful to others and paul begins this section about his freedom uh but he he gives up some of that freedom in uh in effort to help others grow so in other words to encourage others so in other words we have uh liberties uh in in christ uh Not everything is helpful because our liberty really is limited by love, love for one another. So Paul starts off with this theme about liberty. Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? He asks these rhetorical questions. Of course he's free and of course he's an apostle that is Somebody who's seen Jesus, he always had to defend his apostleship because a lot of people would not associate him with Jesus because he would persecute Christians so much, but Paul was in the presence of Jesus, so you know he would always you know uh, as McGee says he'd always be real upfront about that, you know to make sure people understood you know his apostleship. Have I not seen Jesus, our Lord? Are you not my workmanship in the Lord? You know, all these are yes. These questions are, you know, rhetorical questions with the answer being yes. Verse 2, if to others I am not an apostle, at least I am to you. For you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. In other words, if somebody else doesn't believe that I'm an apostle, at least, you know, I'm an apostle to you. You know, and the proof of my apostleship is you, your belief. So he's like saying, I don't have to prove anything to anybody else. You know, my proof is the people who I'm winning for Christ. It's all about Christ with Paul. Verse 3, this is my defense to those who would examine me. Uh, do, we not, uh, do we not have the right to eat and drink? Do we not have the right to take along a believing wife as do the other apostles and the brothers of the Lord and to Cepheus? Or is it only Barnabas and I who have no right To refrain from working for a living. So in other words, you know what? I have rights. You know, and, you know, people who look at people giving out the gospel, they tend to judge them. You know, and Paul's saying, look, I I could, I have the right to be able to eat food and drink, you know, just like anybody else. Or if I wanted to bring a, a believing wife like somebody else, that doesn't negate who I am. I have liberty in Christ, verse seven, who serves as a soldier at his own expense? who plants a vineyard without eating any of its fruit or tends a flock without getting some of the milk? so in other words, somebody who's working in a in a situation has a, a certain amount of liberty if you're planting a vineyard you you know that you know you are expected to have some liberty to eat some of the fruit. Or you can get some of the milk from the flock that you herd. There's a certain amount of liberty that comes with what you do. Verse 8, do I say these things on human authority? Does not the law say the same thing? For is it it is written in the law of Moses, you shall not muzzle an ox when it trends out the grain. In other words, don't muzzle the ox because the ox might want to eat some of the grain that it's trying to help you um, tread. Is it for oxen that God's concerned? Obviously, God's more concerned for people. Verse 10, does he not certainly speak for our sake? It was written for our sake because the plowman should plow in hope and the thresher thresh in hope of sharing the crop. Verse eleven four. so if we have sown spiritual things among you, is it too much if we reap material things from you? If others share this rightful claim on you, do we... Do not we even more. In other words, if there's any benefit that that comes from a brother or a sister in the body of Christ when they share with what they have, where they when they share the material things, that's a liberty to give and to receive, and receiving is not bad. And so Paul's saying, for me to receive from you is not a bad thing. Nevertheless, we have not made use of this right, but we endure anything rather than put an obstacle in the way of the gospel of Christ. In other words, there he has a liberty, but he's been giving up this liberty. He doesn't want to receive these material blessings for those he has spiritually blessed because he doesn't want to appear like he's, Taking advantage in any way. Verse 13: Do you not know that those who are employed in the temple service get their food from the temple, and those who serve at the altar share in the sacrificial offerings? In the same way, the Lord commanded that those who proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel. Okay, so God's giving a liberty even when you're working in serving at the temple just as if you're working in the field. Verse 15, But I have made no use of any of these rights, nor am I writing these things to secure any such provision. In other words, I'm not trying to take advantage of that position. For I would rather die than have anyone deprave me of my ground for boasting. For if I preach the gospel that gives me no ground for boasting, for I... For necessity is laid upon me. Woe to me if I don't preach the gospel. In other words, I think what Paul's trying to say here is the only thing he can boast in is he stands only on the gospel. He doesn't want to take any credit for anything else. He wants to be able to say the only reason he's preaching the gospel is a love of Christ. And he doesn't want anything else to get in the way of that. Verse 17, for if I do this of my own will, I have a reward. But if not of my own will, I am still entrusted with a stewardship. What then is my reward? That in my preaching, I may present the gospel free of charge, so as not to make full use of my right in the gospel. In other words, Paul wants to say the only reason he's preaching the gospel is his love of Christ. He doesn't want to take any compensation. But he has every right to take compensation. But he doesn't want to take that right. Verse nineteen four. Although I am free from all. In other words, he has liberty over this. I have made myself a servant to all that I might win more of them. To the Jew I became a Jew in order to win Jews. I do it all for the sake of the gospel. That's why he's doing it, that I may share with them in its blessings. So in other words, we have liberty in Christ. Paul's giving up that liberty so that he can become all things to all people. And nobody can say he's getting compensation from one group or the other. It's all about the gospel. Verse 24, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. There's a prize, Paul says. He And he's using these metaphors of athletic competition. He, uh, you know, my study Bible says Paul does that a lot. Probably because people could relate to it. Every athlete, verse 25, exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we are an imperishable That's the goal, is winning people for Christ, Paul. So I don't run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating in the air. In other words, there's a purpose to what he's doing. Verse 27, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest, after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. He's trying to show... The metaphor of running the race with one single purpose. So, we have liberty in Christ. But because of that liberty, we still keep our eyes focused on Christ. Our purpose is Christ. So that although we have liberty, we, we maintain ourselves as a servant. So, that's where we're going to stop. Incredible teaching We'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to your teaching on this today. And as always, from me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your hearts centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. And we'll see you next time tomorrow as we continue our study through 1 Corinthians. And as always, our prayers go up for sweet Emma and sweet Jean.
1: Hello, so today's teaching is coming from 1 Corinthians chapter 9 beginning at verse 1 all the way through to verse 27. So we are in this section where it's concerning Christian liberty. In our last study yesterday, we saw it related specifically to the question of eating meat and it applies specifically to Corinth of that day because the sacrifices were brought into the heathen gods then the meat of the sacrifice was offered for sale in the butcheries around Corinth of that day and so many of Christians were offended by eating meat offered to idols so Paul says in Christian Liberty whether you eat or don't eat meat it makes no difference as an idol is nothing and Paul actually highlighted this an idol is just nothing so it would make no difference if one actually ate meat or not and it wouldn't make any difference if one ate meat offered to idols so there was only one problem which is being the question of would it affect my neighbor that's what we're supposed to look at not whether the one is allowed to eat meat or not so the question is How is it going to affect my neighbor, or my brother, or my friend? Would I cause them to stumble? So Christian liberty is actually limited. Where one's liberty begins is where one's liberty ends. And I'm going to use Dr. J. McGee's illustration or example again. As a Christian brother one is free to swing their fists as much as they would like to, but as long as they do not swing it closer to my nose. So, the swinging of the fist has to end at where my nose starts, because that's the liberty of the swinging of the hand. So, that's what this entails. Christian liberty is limited. Where one's liberty begins, it's actually limited. So, where one's liberty begins is where one's liberty ends. So, Paul puts down a great principle for the believer in chapter 6, verse 12. Paul said, All things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. And in chapter 10, verse 23, Scripture reads, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. So, no, um, oh, sorry, can you just go on reading? So, this was chapter 10, verse 23, and it goes on to verse 24. Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well being. 25 eat whatever is sold in the meat market asking no questions for conscious sake okay so our christian liberty has its limitations paul will actually illustrate this matter of christian liberty in a personal field and it has to do with his office with his official rather his official right as an apostle in a very definite way, and then he's going to deal with his right to be supported by the church, so he had a right to expect church the church would actually care for him and all his um all his carnal affairs and as a preacher of the gospel. So, this actually illustrates Christian liberty. So, we'll begin reading at verse 1, chapter 9 of 1 Corinthians. I am not an apostle. I am not free. Sorry. Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are you not my work in the Lord? Okay. So, Paul here, he defends his position as an apostle because it was challenged in many many places so he says have i not seen jesus christ so this was actually the test of an apostle so the test he had to actually pass so he also goes on to say are you not my work in the lord so this was his evidence of him being an apostle and taking out the word of god scripture goes on to read verse two if i am not an apostle to others yet doubtless I am to you for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord so as far as the Corinthian church is concerned he didn't have to defend his apostleship if it was evident to the Christians there that he was an apostle verse 3 goes on to read my defense to those who examine me is this so it's as if paul was in court as if he would he actually had been charged and he's making a defense here so verse four goes on to read do we have no rights to eat and drink so as an apostle of the lord jesus christ he has a right this is his carnal right on liberty. So he has a right to eat and to drink. He has that liberty. So this liberty is curbed by others. So he had made the statement if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh. While the world stands, least I make my brother to offend. So he could eat it. He could eat the meat, but won't eat the meat so this is an exercise of free will that Paul has shown here to be able to do something and not do it so this is you know that higher Liberty the Christian higher Liberty I'm still able to do it but I won't do it because I do not want to offend to 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 cause my brother sister um, fellow Christian to offend okay Verse 4 goes on to read, 5 rather, goes on to read, Do we have no rights to make along a believing wife, as do also the other apostles, the brothers of the Lord and Cephas? And Cephas, rather? So eventually, the brethren of the Lord here um, were his half-brothers. So James and Jude... And they were evidently married and took their wives with them on their missionary journeys. And Paul says he had the liberty to actually marry as well. But he actually felt his ministry would be hindered if he had a family with him on his missionary journey because it was quite a hard and obvious journey. Verse 6 goes on to read. Or is it only... Barnabas and I who have no right to refrain from working. So he's saying him and Barnabas and, you know, could actually stay home if they wanted to. So they didn't have to actually go on missionary, missionaries here. And, you know, salvation didn't actually depend on whether they are missionaries or not verse 7 goes on to read whoever goes to war at his own expense who plants a vineyard and does not eat of it of its fruits or who tends to who tends a flock and does not drink of the milk or of the flock Verse. Eight, Do I say these things as a mere man or does not the law say the same also? Verse 9. If it is written in the law of Moses, you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. Is it oxen God is concerned about? So here... Paul is saying he will get to this matter now, of paying the preacher. So he's saying when the ox is out treading out corn, what he does is, um, they hitch, um, they hitch, uh, the, um, they hitch him up. Um, And he goes round in a circle walking on the grain. And this walk causes the grain to come out of the chaff. And then the chaff is pitched up in the air. The wind blows it away. The good grain falls down on the threshing floor. And they don't muzzle an oxen while it's doing so because it's actually working. And needs to be fed. So he's not muzzled. And that's how God takes care of the ox. And God made that law. So God says we are not to muzzle the preacher. We are to feed him. So we are to pay where our blessings are coming from. If the ox, that's actually treading on the corn that they're actually going to feed on is not muzzled and fed. So Paul here is saying that he has a right as an apostle. Uh that's actually fed others for it's written in the law of Moses, thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of an oxen that treads out the corn. It's actually written in verse nine. Um you know, not to muzzle you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. Is it? Is it oxen is concerned about? So is it oxen God is actually concerned about? Verse 10 goes on to read. Or does he say it to altogether for our sake? For our sakes, no doubt that is written that he... Who plows should plow in hope, and he who threshes should uh, threshes in hope should be partaker in his hope. So, God not only takes care of the oxen, He said that for our sake, He takes care of us as well. So, He's saying it for our knowledge and our sake. Verse 11 goes on to read, If we are. Have shown spiritual things for you. Is it great? So, is it a great thing if we reap uh, your material things? So, here Paul says in um, actually Galatians 2 if they have given to you spiritual blessings, riches, then you should share your carnal uh with them. So one should support the place where one gets their blessings and that's very important. Verse twelve goes on to read. If others are partakers of this right over you, are we not even more nevertheless we have not used this right, but endure all things least the hindrance least we hinder sorry the gospel of Christ so paul he doesn't want to do anything to actually hinder the gospel of Christ and therefore he does doesn't receive anything so he goes like he was talking about like if him and Bana- barnabas wanted they could not go on missionary work But because of free will, they went on missionary work. And, you know, he did it out of free will. He didn't want to hinder. Um, He did not want to actually hinder the taking out of the... uh, He didn't want to hinder the gospel of Christ. Uh, Verse 13 goes on to read. Do you not know that those who minister the holy things eat of the things of the temple and those who serve at the altar partake of the offerings of the altar? Verse 14. Even so, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. Verse 13 and 14. So, this is God's method and it's not wrong for a minister that's a blessing to people to actually be supported and vice versa. He supports the people. So for the most part, when people receive a blessing, they do support the place where they got their blessing from. Verse 15 goes on to read, But I have used none of these things or, nor have I written these things that it should be done so to me if so sorry so to me for if for it would be better for me to die than that anyone should make my boasting void so Paul says that he was gonna be able to say that they were not supporting him they may also they may may be supporting the gospel but not um, Paul not him so Paul didn't take a salary he did actually tent making that was his skill verse 15 goes on to read for if I preach the gospel I have nothing to boast of for um for necessity it laid upon me yes woe to me um sorry i have nothing to boast for necessities is laid upon me yes woe to me if i do not preach the gospel so paul was doing this because he liked it and not like He was... um, So he likes... um, Paul was preaching the gospel because he liked to preach it. Um, He liked it. It's not like he would actually lose his salvation if he didn't preach, continue preaching. Verse 17. Goes on to read. For if I do this willingly, I have a reward. But if I... But if against my will i have been arrested with a stewardship so this permits us to actually say we are not doing this for an ulterior motive but we are expecting a reward someday from god and it won't disappoint. That's verse seventeen. So um verse eighteen I was going to read. What is my reward then that when I preach the gospel I may present the gospel to Christ? Oh. Um without charge and that I may not abuse my authority in the gospel for I thought I am free from all men I have made myself a servant <clears throat> to all that I might win the more verse 20 goes on to read and to the Jews I became a Jew that I might win Jews, to those, um, who are under the law, as, under the law, that I might win those who are under the law, to those who are without law, as without law, not being without law towards God but under law towards Christ, that I might win those who are without law. Verse 22, to the weak I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Verse 23, now this I do for the gospel, for the gospel's sake, that I may be partaker um of it with you verse twenty four do you not know that those who run um do you not know, sorry, that those who run in a race or run, but one receives the prize run in such a way that you may obtain the prize, okay. Paul says that he's actually doing all this because he's out on a race. He's on a race course, like an athlete. But here, there's not like one winner. Everyone is a winner. Um, he's on an athlete. He's like an athlete out there running for a prize. So let's get out there on the recourse, race course, and run the race. We run um, the race we can all come out first and get um the word of God out verse 25 and 26 reads and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things now they do it to obtain a perishable crown but we for an imperishable crown. Verse 26 Therefore, I run this not with uncertainty. Thus, I fight not as one who beats the air. So, Paul says he's playing at this thing and he's not playing church. It's actually real. That's what Paul's saying. Like he's not doing it because, you know, he wants praise at the end of it or oh, popularity or anything like that. No, he's doing it because it's real to him. He wants to do it. Verse twenty and he wants to, you know, take the word of God out. Verse twenty seven goes on to read, but I discipline my body and bring it. Um. Sorry, let me just read that again. But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Least when I have preached um, to others. Sorry. When I have preached to others, I, may, I should become disqualified. So Paul is saying he's out on the racetrack for God. Trying to run so that he may get a reward and that's why he's teaching the gospel like he is because he has liberty so Paul is running for um so here we see that Paul is actually running for a purpose, he wants to receive his reward, so every Christian today should work for a reward and um every person should look for a reward. Salvation was actually given to us already when the Lord Jesus Christ uh, died for us on the cross. It was given to us. Um, so it's actually great to get the word of God out there. Okay, so this is our teaching for today. Thank you all for listening and God bless you all and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye.